Blog Talk Radio. Psilocybin.
What's happening? What's happening? What's happening, family? How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? And I ain't talking no fantasy. I ain't talking no pseudo stuff. Like I said, the ch- the challenge is out there for folks who think it ain't real. <laughs> and I'm talking about the um, folks that talk the most. That talk the most stuff. Oh, that's not real. It ain't no ghost. There's no power left on the earth. Uh, never was no power left on the earth. You know, ain't no such thing as no uh, God. There ain't no such thing as no different dimensions. It's all, I'm a materialist. I believe in the uh, bread and butter and peanut butter and uh, <laughs> bricks and mortar and stuff like that. It ain't no spirit. When you die, you're gone. That's it. One thing that I know from entheogens, and it's a big part of it, is that the mo- the only impossible thing for you to do is die. You can't die. It ain't no such thing as death. You just slough off this body and step off into something else. And the body that you step off into can look just like you. You may be a little younger. You may be a little older. And that's all pliable because you're utilizing what you, the way you do. What do you think they got um, Thanos and Galactus and them sitting in them chairs out in space. They're just floating around in space sitting on a chair. If you go back into my talks, we talk about the chairs. We talk about sitting in space. We thought about the stools. Those Asante stools are those things. Those Asante, Asante ancestors, the Asante folk, those who came together for war, sit on those same stools with those same symbols 
those same Adinkra symbols sitting out in the cosmos, sitting on stars to make ours look like a match because they're part of the houses. I try to tell the Moors that you can't be a subject and a sovereign at the same time. So what the king of Morocco Mm. signed the treaty? That makes you the subject of the king of Morocco. You exist and live under his bequest and behest. Sovereigns don't have nations. The Rothschilds don't have no nation. Mm-mm. The Red Shield, they don't have no nation. The House of Windsor, Mm-mm. they're not part of a they're not part of a nation nation. The House of Fraser not part of a nation. The Habsburgs and all that kind of stuff, they're not part of nations. They have houses. Houses are separate entities. They are like a, a Sith holocron, like that oblong square that the doggone Borg are in. They self-contained. That's why they say they're the House of Windsor. They don't say we the we the we the 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 German Empire. They say we the House of Habsburg, or we the House of Rothschild, or we the House of Windsor, or the House of this, or the House of that. Because you can't be a national because you are beholden to the nation. The house is your family. It's where your roots are are embedded in eternity. It is who we are. It is where we stand in relationship to everything else that exists everywhere in all time and space. That's why you better be part of a house, not part of a nation. Mm. No, I'm saying, and this is the old stuff. This ain't the new modern stuff. Everything everything that's being done now is modern, if not the old stuff. The old stuff. I got my three lessons, the last three lessons from my teacher when I was down in the grave in the crypt with him. Mm. I spent three moonless nights in the grave with my teacher. Mm. And he taught Mm. me the last three lessons of darkness on this earth. Everything else I got to get from him on the other side. Mm. To find out that my teacher is my advisor. So when I when I go into the multiverse and I converse with my teacher, he advises me on what's going on every place, all the time, throughout existence, throughout time, throughout space, throughout the multiverse, throughout the infra realms. Should the family go here? Should the family go there? Should we step to these folks? Should we close down and hold our position? What strategies do we use moving into places that have never been breached, into realms that have never been uh, experienced? We go into places that it ain't no precedent for. There's nothing that has ever been 
in these places. And there are places so dark and so malevolent and so horrific and so powerful that you have to create on the you have to create on the fly how to deal with these things. We're talking about the realms of true power and the existence of all things at all times. And these things are available for those beings who have the courage, who have the power, who have the fortitude, to those who can look darkness in the eye, who can look the spirit of death in the eye and say, not today. Welcome, 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 everyone. That was a, a Mercury retrograde stand-in that we had right there. Thanks for everybody who's already tuned in and listening. Please invite a friend. This is Coach Kyrie. You're listening to Coach K Radio tonight, Original Native Radio, and we're going to be talking about psilocybin mushrooms. Should you grow your own with um, Master Mycologist Baba Ahati Kilende Iyi? And we were having a little difficulties getting the show started, but we just want to thank everybody who has come on. Um, please share with the new phone number, 760-542-3900, on your social media accounts to everybody. And just let them know that we're on here. They can click the link and come through. Um, I remember last year when we were um, recording like 12 shows, 11 shows that led into this 12th show, that was a really big uh, segment that Kalindi had gave us as a lesson. It was just like classes upon classes upon classes because we was doing three-hour podcast times 11. That's 33 hours of, of information. And so I'm just really glad I had that at the very top of the, of the queue that I could go into that to set the tempo. Man, this show right here is basically, I don't know, I'm not going to say it's my calling, but it definitely has called me, and I picked the phone up. And if you're listening, you have uh, been called as well to pick the phone up, give this a listen. Um, it's piqued your interest in some sort of fashion or some sort of way, and I'm doing my best to bring the highest, um, most hands-on experience um, to the to the family for strategy. Like we're discussing wisdom and strategy tonight, all right? So the moon just fell up in the Scorpio. Somebody just texted me, following. <laughs> they like, yeah, I'm on my studies. But um, without further ado, man, um, y'all get up, get your hands together for international scholar, master teacher, and microbiologist micro Kalinde E of the Tamarian Institute. Put your hands together. <laughs> Baba Kalinde, how you doing this evening? Baba, take yourself off mute. Baba, I can't hear you. Well, Baba, I can't are you, hear you. Are, are you there? 
Yeah, I got you now. Wide open. I got you. We good to go. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad to be here. Um, Thanks for running a little crazy there for a minute, but now we're uh, on track. Absolutely, absolutely. We in the we in the uh, as you as you call it, we are in Disneyland. That's when the, the party has started. So we up in here. Uh, how was your day today, Bob? How you feeling? Um, I'm well. Um, still here, um, working with it, and uh, as Christians say, fighting a good fight. <laughs> I see. Um, I see your ripple is up about seven cent, and your Ethereum is doing really good over here. So I know you over there grinning, and you're gonna want to shoot some jabs at me later tonight. But uh, I see you. I see you over there. I see you. Well, that's all part of the all part of the plan. <laughs> you got if if you could if you can make a thousand dollars with every twenty five cent you got. I don't see why folks ain't doing it, but. That's food. That's food for another show. We wait. We wait until it's too late. Mm. Folks gonna be trying to. Folks gonna be trying to battle ripple at us when it's when it's seven hundred dollars a coin, mm. as opposed to thirty three cents, which it is today. <laughs> so, it's yeah. at thirty three today. Yes, it went to thirty four cent today, but it's thirty three right now. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to tell everybody a little story later on about uh, my uh, Ripple and why why me and Bob are talking about it like it is. When we be by ourselves, but we be talking about crypto. We be talking about mushrooms a little bit, and I want to get some relationship advice, but we be talking about that crypto. And uh, both of us, right, we're trying to win. Good gracious. Wait a minute. Oh, Lord. What just happened? Okay. Um. All right. <laughs> um. Anyway. I'm excited, Baba, because on the 28th, uh, 29th of February, you're going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. You're going to be doing a lecture on the 28th about, you know, the real story, the real story of magic mushrooms. And then on the 29th, we have an, a, a, grow, a grow class for 12 people um, in a private location. And have you ever been to Atlanta to, like, teach on this subject or have a class down here? Yeah, I've been to Atlanta before. Yeah, but I mean for a lecture and a grow class. Um. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm well, not the to, not I... the grow class, not the grow class, but the lecture. Yes. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's gonna be fun. Um, anyone interested? Y'all seen the flyer? Um, for the grow class, please shoot me an email at coachkayer at gmail. Just send me an email. Say I'm interested in the um interested in the grow class and in Atlanta, Georgia. It will not be filmed. It will not be broadcast. And just ask me any other questions in the email and I'll take care of it. I'll probably get you on the phone. Just email and send me your phone number and we'll and uh, we'll get it together. Um man, Baba tonight I'm just going straight to it. Um I guess you can introduce yourself in any way you want, like how long you've been, you know, in the mycology game. But um, the bottom line is going to be like, why do I need to grow my own? That's the hashtag I'm using, grow my own. Can you can you help me out understand why that's so important and what are the benefits for the family? You know, and this is part of the reason I'm telling them that. I, I want you to talk about that now because when you get here on Friday night, the breaking convention always gives you 30 minutes to do a two-hour lecture or a two-and-a-half-hour lecture. Well, we ain't going to do that to you. I want you to bring that same one that you just did 
the last one you had at the breaking convention that you only gave me 32 minutes of, bring that whole slide deck and run it. Take your time. Do it the way you want to. Uh, you're going to be at home, me casa, su casa. But um, tonight I just want to let, let folks know why do we need to be attempting to grow our own. Well, the the thing about the uh, the mushroom technology is that um, it's a, it, it, it's a worldwide phenomenon that's going on right now as we speak uh, all over the world, and uh, we're you know we're asleep at the switch. We aren't we aren't the, the families not getting in in any appreciable numbers to understand what legitimate spirituality is to understand what's going on with ancient Kemet, uh, ancient India, um, Angkor Wat, Australia, Cambodia, well, that's Angkor Wat, but uh, Thailand, the Indonesian archipelago, the Philippines, you know, a brother who uh, was, was part of a group studied with me, for, studied with uh, myself and others back in the 80s and 90s and when I first brought this to several groups back in the in the 90s um, n- nobody listened really they were like oh Bobby Clinton is tripping and brother left and went to the Philippines and uh, while he was in the Philippines some folks said something about magic mushrooms and basically said, <laughs> what they basically said is, yeah, come, come on over, come on over to the house. We're going to be looking at some Bob and Kalindi video. <laughs> <laughs> In the Philippines, the brothers like Bob and Kalindi, say, a happy Kalindi E. <laughs> they say, yeah, that's who we, that's who we looking at. So, you know, and so the brother had to go, uh, you know, halfway across the world for the folks to tell him where he was uh, 25 years ago. And so uh, brother reached out and we back in contact with what's going on. But it's a worldwide phenomenon. Places, every, every major university, you know, Cambridge, Oxford, you know, University of Pennsylvania, Stanford, you know, I'll be speaking at Princeton this uh, April, you know. I mean, Harvard, all these universities have a number one psychedelic club. Every city has a psychedelic society. Every state has a psychedelic society. And this thing is just blooming all over the place. And the reason to grow your own is that you uh, once you once you have one spore print of uh, a variety of uh, psilocybin mushrooms, you never have to buy anything else. It's not like going to church; you have to pay tithes, and uh, it's not like you know you got your guru or your your master teacher or whatever, and you know you're supporting them with Cadillacs and big houses and things like that. The mushroom is the teacher. Um, for less than uh, $50, $60, well, $50, $60 worth of equipment, you can 
become become perpetual in your exploration of the multiverse. That is the multiple universes that exist side by side on top of each other, interpenetrating one another. Um, you can do that study with just learning some very uh, simple techniques. You know, there's a learning curve to it, but you know, once you get it, once you get it, you got it, and you can pass it on and spread the information into the community on how to grow your own amphibians. You know where they come from. You know the purpose they were grown for. You can talk to them just like people talk to their plants. You can say, well, I want to go here. I want to go there. I want to learn this. I want to learn that. And the mushroom mycelium is sentient. It is um, a big brain on the blockchain. You know, that's why I like to talk about blockchain, Bitcoin, and things like that because uh, Bitcoin is the psychedelic currency. It is the one to rule them all, as they say. Um, and it's on the blockchain. It is a distributed ledger of knowledge and information of the multiverse. So learning to grow your own, it just, it just makes sense, you know. You don't have to. You can buy mushrooms from folks if you find a source to be able to do that. But, um, you know, if you don't know your source, what is the reason why they're selling mushrooms? Is it to help people to become more knowledgeable of this, this whole universal space that we're talking about? Or is it just to make a few dollars and they don't basically care about how they are grown or how, uh, you know, the cleanliness. There's a lot of things that can happen. I'm not saying most of the people who are uh, sharing mushrooms are not of that persuasion, but there are some unscrupulous uh, people who, you know, they don't basically care. They're just going, to, going for the money's sake. And, you know, that's not what we want in the community. We want knowledgeable, clean diligent people that are growing their own mushrooms. And that way, you you know, uh, because mushrooms, are, you know, although they're not expensive, as uh, you know, as things go, you know, they're in many places, some are going for $15 a gram. And so, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to take a large trip, you're looking at a little bit of an investment in doing that and growing your own uh you would take, you know, you would take that financial uh, burden out of being able to get into the space, so that, and then you can grow, you can grow enough to share with your friends and family, you know, and that's and that's one of the reasons for growing your own psilocybin magic mushrooms because mushrooms are magic, you know, mm. you know, other psychedelics, you know. Um, you know, maybe medicines, but we don't look at psilocybin solely as a medicine. It can be used for medicine. They're using it for depression. They're using it for smoking secession. They're using it for post-traumatic stress disease. They're using it with people who have had strokes, um, ADHD, you know, all these different types of maladies. But the first and foremost utilization of the 
blue psilocybin mushroom is the exploration of consciousness to explore who you are, what you are, where you come from, where you're going. These are the things that are part of the whole session of exploration. You know, they say that, you know, that everything has been, you know, well, you know, of course, uh, deep space haven't uh, done that in a long time, but everything has been, you know, discovered. Everything has been looked at. But in reality, we only have seen a very, very small speck of what reality is. And this takes us into so many uh, places that are unimaginable. And the thing is, is that you can't explain it to anybody who's never done it, you know, and done it sufficiently enough to get a true entheogenic experience or psychedelic experience or hallucinogenic experience. You know, you have so many people that are in the hype of the medical model, which is uh, two grams, three grams, five grams, microdosing, you know. Most people that are taking microdosing won't take a full dose of mushrooms, and a full dose of mushrooms goes along with microdosing, even if you're doing microdosing. So the, the, the way that I see it and the way that I'm moving towards spreading it is the exploration of consciousness at high dose, utilizing the psilocybin mushroom to breach the space of what many people call spirituality and, you know, giving people a chance to be able to get into space and have some legitimate spiritual experiences on call. People, some folks have legitimate spiritual experiences, but they're few and far between. Um, they don't happen often. They may hope to happen once to, once a lifetime, but um, a compound that is not harmful to the human body that can get you into those types of places and spaces without, you know, without any physical harm. Because much, uh, psilocybin mushrooms are very, very safe. Uh, they're safer than a cup of coffee. They're safer than a Reese's Pieces. They're safer than almost anything that you can take. So you can eat as much as you want, and it's not going to kill you. You can't eat enough of it to kill yourself. It's non-addicting. It uh, can be used for many different, uh, many different ways of of knowledge, many different ways of being. You know, so the space, the the hallucinogenic, psychedelic, entheogenic space, is accessible through the psilocybin mushroom matrix. Um, Baba, you said that psilocybin is safe, but uh, some people have, like, been in their experience, and they'd be like, call the police. Well, I need to go to the hospital. Like, why do they want to call the police? <laughs> why do they want to go to the hospital? Why do they want to just relax? Well, you know, I, I wasn't talking about it not being 
psychologically challenge you because it can be, it can challenge you uh, psychologically. That's why we put together a protocol of um, we put together a protocol of five grams as your initial dose with a sitter. Now, a sitter is a person who stops you from calling police or stops you from going to the hospital because there's no reason for you to go to the hospital. Um, then uh, your second dose is seven grams with a sitter to stop you from walking down the street and telling people you got. And the third dose is nine grams with a sitter to fully include you into the trip because we err on the low side, but we want you to get in. That's five grams. You know, some people don't, at five grams, don't get fully immersed, you know. Mm. So by nine grams, you should be fully immersed. And after nine grams, if you feel comfortable, if you feel comfortable to be able to go solo, then you can go solo. Five, seven, and nine is really to give you confidence in yourself that you're not going to do anything crazy, you know, because psilocybin doesn't change who you are. If you're mm-hmm. not crazy, if you're not crazy when you take psilocybin, you're not going, psilocybin is not going to make you crazy. If you're a nut when you go in, it, it may trigger your nutdom, you know. So it can be psychologically challenging, but you're not going to, uh, you're not going to kill yourself with it. You're not going to become addicted to it because really in reality it's anti-addicting, meaning that, you know, you <laughs> it ain't something that you, when you talk about high dose, it ain't just something that you, you relish doing. It's an ordeal. It's a challenge. It's a, uh, you know, uh, it's like Luke leaving, you know, his uncle and aunt and going off with Obi-Wan into crazy new places, meeting strange new beings, uh, traveling away from home, getting into other worlds and other galaxies and adventure. These type of things are what's going on in the uh, the psychedelic space, you know, and young, old, you know, that uh, folks, you know, uh, getting in at young ages and people all the way into their 80s uh, taking, taking mushrooms and exploring and experiencing these spaces and places. And um, it definitely gives you knowledge and it gives you a way to get in to see what the old ones saw, to go into the places and spaces that the old ones went into. Why do you think folks were walking around in the Sahara when it was green prior to the Younger Dryas 50,000 years ago? Why do you think for no reason they were walking around and said, you know, they've been walking around uh, there for 30,000 years, and all of a sudden one day somebody says, hey, you see that spot over there? Let's build a pyramid. Sure. You see that place over there? Let's build a temple. They don't have no why, for what reason. Where did they get this from? They got it from the mushrooms. You know, hey, well, let's, on the wall outside of this temple, let's put some, let's, let's get together a family of beings and let's, put, let's think a man's body and let's put a, 
the the head of a bird on this man's body. Hey, let's get another man's body and put a crocodile head on it. Let's get a woman's body and put a cat head on it. Well, they've never seen these things in nature. They came paintings all over Africa in different places, and people know how to draw what is in nature. You know, they know how to draw uh, wildebeest. Uh, they know how to draw hippopotami. They know how to draw giraffes. They know how to draw other human beings. They know scale and all these different types of things. So why did they start drawing things that they had no pre uh, prior contact with? You know, there are places in the Pasilla Plateau in Nigeria, which are a series of labyrinth caves, paintings, caves with paintings on them. And at a time when nobody on earth had a shoe, no pair of pants, you just going to draw some space, people with space suits on, helmets and boots with laces in them and pants and belts around the pants to hold them up. They didn't have any prior information about these things. So why? Just out of imagination? They say it's out of imagination, imagination out of experience. Imagination is out of what is in the plenum of information that, if not you, prior people in your line or prior people in your community have experiences about. They can sit down around the fire and draw a picture and say, well, I'm, I was uh, walking down you know, the road here a little while, and I ran into this guy, and he had on these things on his feet, and he called them boots. But they never met those people in regular three-dimensional five-sense reality consciousness. But they did meet these creatures and these people and these entities and these different type of beings in the psychedelic space. And that's where they brought back pre-Kemetic priests that were trained in Atlantis. And I know uh, coming to Atlanta and talking about Atlantis, you're going to get a whole bunch of stuff that folks can talk about. It wasn't no Atlantis. We don't have no records of no place called Atlantis. Well, it wasn't necessarily called Atlantis. Plato called it. Atlantis. He got it from Critias the Younger, who got it from Critias the Elder, who got it from Solon, who was the ancestor of Plato. And also, he learned about it through Socrates. When Solon was in Egypt, they, uh, what they did was, he asked the Kemetic priest about the last cataclysm. And they said that there were many cataclysms, but the last cataclysm was 9,000 years prior to when Solon was in Egypt. 9,600 years plus 2,000 two, well, um, two, uh, two years, which we would add from modern times, would be 11,600 BCE, which was the time of the second impact, which brought us out of the, uh, the Younger Dryas. The Younger Dryas was a uh, time period of 1,300 years from 12,600 to around 11,600 when the Earth was plunged back into Arctic temperatures 
the temperatures uh, in the range of the last ice age was was the Pleistocene. So you're talking about Arctic temperatures that um, Robert E. Howard talked about in his Conan um, classic novels, you know, a time of high adventure, the time when the seas sunk Atlantis prior to the rise of the sons of Arius, you know, was a time of, of uh, undreamed of. So we had 13 year, 1,300 years of crazy stuff going on because the civilizations in the Americas were destroyed in North, in North America. Parts of Mexico were destroyed. It affected South America also. Uh, it plunged Europe, Northern Europe, back into Arctic temperatures. It changed the actual North Atlantic current because when solar radiation comes in at the equator, it is trapped in the oceans by the salinity of the water. It's trapped down there. So when the North Atlantic current, which brings the water north north from the equator, it liberates that heat and gives a temperate climate. But when that was when that was changed, when that was stopped because of all of this fresh water going into the Gulf, going into the Atlantic, it changed the salinity of that water, which meant that the solar radiation came in at the equator and it just floated back up at the equator. The warm temperatures were never brought north, so it plunged the north back into Arctic temperatures. So that was all part of the last climactic impact that changed changed the earth. It started, uh, it, it accelerated drying in North America. It killed off the uh, megafauna. Megafauna is any animal, uh, mammal over 100 pounds. It killed off the dire wolf. If you watch, anybody watch Game of Thrones out there and you saw the wolf that Jon Snow had, the wolf that was dug on there, uh, five feet at the shoulders. Um, they had those walking around North America. They had the short-nosed, the short-nosed bear, which was twice the size of a grizzly and the most terrible predator on the North American continent. You had four different types of elephants, at least two that um, we know about from high school, the mastodon and the mammoth. They had the North American horse. That was killed off in a day, because when the Spaniards came to North America, there were no horses. The horses that we have are a descendant of the Spanish horses, the Mustang, the the, the Mustangs that the you know indigenous people were uh, you know were riding and things like that. They called them in their language big dogs because they didn't have any named for them because when the North American horse was here, there weren't any people who had crossed the Barren Straits who were genetically tied to Mongolia that were here. So you had that, you had that, which changed the topography of the, uh, the landmass, changed the 
mushroom fruiting season, change where mushrooms were. At one time they were, they were no longer in the Sahara. As it dried, the mushrooms dried up because mushrooms need a certain temperature. They need a certain uh, moisture content. So as the Sahara started drying and drying out and the rivers, tributaries, streams, all of these different water sources dried up, the mushrooms receded from the Sahara, and you only had mushrooms growing in the south. So you had uh, great cattle cultures in East Africa, which had, uh, which had mushrooms, whereas they were no longer in uh, what we would call uh, Egypt and Libya and places like this. Although the Kemetic priests learned how to cultivate mushrooms, and you have the mushroom iconography in ancient Egypt, ancient Kemet, um, which was part of the, uh, which was the the originator of the spiritual system of ancient Egypt. Um, Baba, um, it's crazy because. To me, like even with the sub, even though you're talking about you giving us the history, it's yeah. like the the mushrooms that I can grow seem to teach me these things, and I know them firsthand. You know, um, can you talk about the importance of knowing for yourself, and you know, versus secondhand information? Like, how have how have you seen some of this information? And you ain't even really got to get to where you'd be at 30 grams and 40 grams. You know, you could talk about the information you can get between 5 and 15 and 20. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, it, it takes you to these places in real time, um, eye to eye, uh, face to face. You know, you, you're not speculating or hearing a tale or a story. You're actually going to these particular places. Uh, mushrooms give you the ability to time travel, hmm. you know, in the future uh, and into the past. They give you uh, the record halls, the libraries of what Helena Petrova Levatsky and uh, Annie Bassant and C.W. Leadbeater and others who were part of the Theosophical Society um, from the late. Uh, 19th century and early 20th century who called uh, the Hall of Records or the Library of the Records of the Galaxy the uh, Akashic Records, where we call it the Akashic Records. Very similar. Akashic Records, in other words, the record halls of the Akasha, because that also was one of the entheogenic plants that was utilized in uh, ancient Kemet. It was also used in Turkey, and it was also used in uh, the southern southern portions of Africa. It's called Acacia nilotica, the Acacia of the Nile, which was called the tree of life. It was also called the tree of knowledge. You take it, and it extends life. You take it, and then you gain knowledge. It, it going to be talked about in uh, next year's uh, movie, which uh, I think and hopefully they'll get it right, Dune, which is the uh, work of uh, Frank
Herbert. Her, Frank Herbert wrote Dune on hallucinogenics, psychedelic mushrooms. That's where you get the whole thing in Dune about traveling without traveling or, you know, traveling without moving, that the eyes were blue within blue, the Bene Gesserit priestesshood who practiced genetic uh, understandings in being able to have the women utilizing parthenogenesis and creating the universe's super being, these type of things that Frank Herbert got from eating the mushrooms while he was writing his work on Doom. You know, Paul Stamets got uh, several cultivation. Paul Stamets is the, um, <laughs> he's like uh, the mushroom Einstein. He got several of his cultivation techniques from Frank Herbert um, because uh, Paul Stamets would uh, talk, go and visit and talk to Frank Herbert, and Frank Herbert was a mushroom enthusiast, and uh, he basically provided several mushroom-growing techniques uh, to Paul Stamets. So, and I think that Paul Stamets has a, a new movie coming out in limited theaters called Fantastic Fungi. Uh, I saw the trailer of it today. So if it comes to your area, definitely go and uh, support uh, Paul Stamets and the growth of of mushrooms. It'll open up visions of not just psychedelic mushrooms, but many of the different mushrooms that grow on Earth that are edible, that are used for medicine, that are used for pesticides, that are used for um, bioremediation, uh, these type of things. Um, like I said, he's kind of like the uh, mycological Einstein. And says that mushrooms can save the planet. And indeed they can because mushrooms are more closely associated with uh, humans than any of the other kingdoms, you know. And fungi is neither animal nor plant but it has a mycorrhizal relationship with both because we have fungal genes in the DNA blockchain. Every plant is part fungi because of the mycelial mat that permeates the world, which is the Earth's Internet. And, I mean, so if you get a chance to see the movie, go and see it. You'll be... Uh, you'll be fascinated by uh, mushrooms and how they grow and how they help the earth to be what it is. No creature would be on earth without the fungi that built the uh, ability for plants to be able to, to exist on earth. Fungi mushrooms are the oldest plenum of information that came out of the, that came out of the sea, that came out of the sky and basically sequestered the earth and made it uh, available for life. Mushrooms are 465 million years older than plants. And, you know, it it is, um, like I said, it is the elder of this planet in the physical world, but it is one of the organic organic artificial technologies that, 
not only permeates the galaxy, but also is transdimensional, extraterrestrial, ultra-dimensional, and it can uh, survive the vacuum of space. And it has the knowledge of everything that it has contacted for quadrillions or quintillions of years prior to the formation of this universe. And, of course, we know that, uh, you know, we, we base time as the construct in this universe because of how the Earth rotates around the sun. And it ain't been no quintillion years since this universe has uh, been built. But I'm just saying that if we extrapolated the understanding of time back past before this universe was, uh, was formulated, we would say quintillion of years because the mushroom spores are, again, a blockchain, a distributed ledger of which each spore is a container of all of the information that the mushrooms have contacted, contacted in all this space and time. It is uh, just like um, it's, it's, a, it's a quantum field of knowledge and information that is available inside of each spore. And each spore has preserved the knowledge and information that is part of the chain of knowledge that exists prior to the formation of this universe and its twin because universes are uh, created as twins. So you have a twin universe with you exactly as you are with certain changes because you're in a, a left-hand or right-hand universe. So in this universe, you got on a red shirt. In that universe, you got on a yellow shirt. In this universe, you're right-handed. In that universe, you're left-handed. Um, you know, that type of thing. Your doorknob is on the other side of your house, all of that. And all of that is contained in the mushroom spores that are, that are uh, entangled on the quantum realm. So every spore has all of the knowledge and information of all of the contacts that the uh, mushroom spores have encountered with sojourn since the time that it was created by the elders. Now, hold on, Bob. Wait a minute. You're telling me that if the people who are going to come to class on the 29th, how long is the class going to be on the 29th? What time are we uh, going to start? It's, it's, uh, the class is, is a four-hour class. So you want to start four. around... You want to start around 10 or start around 11? What do you want to do? Uh, it's probably around 11 o'clock. Okay. Now, you're telling me in four, hours, in four hours, when people leave there at 3 o'clock, they're going to have access to the technology you've been talking about for the last 20 minutes with them in the car when they leave? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Not just have it in their hands, but they're going to have it in their minds and they're going to have a full understanding? Is that what you are trying to tell well, me right now well, on my show? No, they're going to have an understanding on a basic level how to grow the mushrooms that will impart that knowledge and information. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So okay. This, is a, this is a beginning technique. This is the P 
GPS techniques. So people who know how uh, uh, the advanced people who know about mushrooms and know what the PS technique is, the PS technique was basically the technique for the Internet age. Psilocybin mm-hmm. Fanaticus created this technique for it to be easy where people not ha- not have to worry about having being my colleagues or having uh, sterile in- equipment and things like that where people could produce mushrooms in the comfort of their own home, own basement, own cabinet, under the bed, you know. Uh, it basically made it available to the public domain, the average mm. uh, man and woman, because mushrooms are kind of off the beaten path. They're not something that people just encounter for no reason, but the PS technique opened that up for people to be able to, um, you know, to be able to utilize. And, you know, everything you can find in your hometown uh, is not anything that's exotic. So, and, you know, you can get stuff on Amazon to extend your growth if you want to. There'll be a um, advanced advanced class uh, in Detroit in March. Uh, we don't have a date as of yet for it. So those folks who have basic knowledge or have learned the basic knowledge who want to go to the advanced stage, you know, um, will have privy to that information on when that's going to be because that's a limited class also, um, limited number of people also. You know, so if you haven't signed up for the grow class, this is this is it. You know, it's very reasonably priced, and the thing about it is, it ain't nothing else. You gotta ain't nothing. You gotta you ain't got to get nothing else. You ain't got to. Once you make this small investment, you got it. You know, for the rest of your life. You know, you don't have to buy anything else. You know, I mean, you to become more efficient. If you want to take advanced class, that would be, you know, uh, advanced class extended where you get more bang for your buck. But you can go on with this technique the rest of your life, have enough mushrooms for yourself and a few friends, family, and stuff like that. This ain't about saying I know psychedelic mushroom business or nothing like that. This is about for you, you and your family, and, you know, a few of your friends to be able to share it with. You, able, you to be able to have your own mushrooms with your energy in it, with your, um, whoa, what was that? I don't know. It's enough to share, uh, a little bit to share, yeah. Yes, um, I'm going to tell you one thing that um, I have seen that's beautiful, and to me is like the ideal, <clears throat> the ideal people. I mean, the class, to me the class is definitely for the spiritually mature, but, you know, I have been, um, I've been rolling with Jerry with um, the toad since like September of last year. And I have watched a lot of people who have come to participate in the five MEO who have shown interest in the mushrooms and they have been cup and they have been couples like husband and wives. And to me, like even when they ask and they say, yeah, we want to do this. I, and I'm just sitting there like, man, you mean, you gonna go on five, and then she gonna go on five, and y'all gonna wait a month, and then you gonna go on seven, and she gonna go on seven. Like I was like, I was just looking at it, and was like, man, that relationship right there 
is really going to grow because, like, yeah, y'all might have been working through something, like, face-to-face when y'all was, uh, you know, talking, but now y'all getting ready to bring in these entheogens in here. Um, like, can, can, can you talk about how growing mushrooms helps families and relationships? Because not just for the people, but I think about my nephew. So, like, your little granddaughter, you know, y'all call her the mushroom baby, the little smart one. What's her name? She just like she way smarter than me. What's her name? Well, it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, I mean, it's a lot of special mushroom babies around. <laughs> I'm talking about the one. Uh, I'm talking about the one that be at your house when I come through. What's her name? The, the little one. Well, we don't put the little one's names out on. Oh, the, okay, 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 okay. The, so the little one. That's right. The yeah. little one. The little one. She's so smart, everybody. I just want to tell you, like, one day she just pointed out every region of the brain to Jerry. And Jerry's a doctor, and she was telling Jerry what all the parts of the brain was. And I was like, wait a minute, little girl, you're moving too fast. And I was like, my nephew, 12 years old, he ain't even ready for you. you only five. You out here doing the most right now. And so well, she, I think about I mean, <laughs> Well, she, she just, I mean, she comes out the room into the, you know, or ask me, you know, or grandmother or something, say, you know, uh, why are we on this planet? You know, um, what? <laughs> well, how did we how, how did we come here? I mean, I know how babies are born, but how did we get on this planet in the first place? You know, that type of thing. And you know, I'll tell her. I'll say, well, there's been successive waves of uh, humanoid types who have come to this planet. Some were sojourners. Some were shipwrecked. Like they was, you know, some you know the the engines. <laughs> Something happened to the engines, and so they had to crash land. You know, I say some were developed here, uh, cloned. You know, so I'll, I'll tell her different things like that. You know, it was different different peoples. You know, because we had twenty uh, twenty seven different humanoid types on Earth. You know, uh, different people from different places, and you know, you say, okay, well, hey, that's interesting. Then she'll put a a booby trap in the house, you know, because she's, she's in the booby traps. And they've been kept in me, too, you know. You walk out the door and, you know, the your bathroom robe uh, belt is put on the door so that when you pull it, uh, you know, something falls on you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, she, you know, that, that's the kind of thing that's happening. But, you know, you have people who, you know, um, you know, children are, also participating in psychedelics, you know. Hmm. And um, some, are con- some are conceived on psychedelics. So how it helps the, how it helps the family and relationships are uh, densified and solidified and made greater and looked at from a higher vantage point by growing mushrooms together and taking trips and Sojourns together as couples, you know, even having uh, mushroom sex where true henosis is developed. Henosis means to become one flesh, where, you know, the, the couple becomes one flesh, thinking in one another's mind, so there's no verbalization yet. Becoming one being and flying through the multiverse as a single being and experiencing uh, faraway places, different galaxies. Somebody's listening right now. 
somebody's listening right now and say, oh, so we can just go and try five grams together then. Just let me get, uh, let's get 10 grams and go in together. Would you recommend that for people who've never been, that both the uh, husband and wife or the, or the partners, partners well, go in together? Well, not on, not on the first, first one. You get some experience in. And then later on, you're going in together. Yeah, you both take 10 grams, and uh, you give each other a big hug, and you become one, melt into one another and traverse the multiverse together as one being with two consciousness that are communicating uh, non-verbally and exploring the, the multiverse and the universe, the galaxy, and those type of things through the entheogenic pathways that lead from, uh, from one place to another superluminally. In other words, faster than light travel, traveling at the speed of darkness. Mm, the speed of darkness. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. You done, you, you slid one in. I'm over here. I know, I know about speed of light. I know about warp speed because I'm a uh, uh, Star Trek guy. But now you're talking about the speed of darkness. You're gonna have, yeah, to, you're gonna have to give me a little more. <laughs> the speed of darkness is faster than the speed of light. Light is the Light is artificial. Darkness is artificial, too, because everything is artificial. It's all a construct within the simulation. But darkness is faster than light. It, the, the, the light is only a receding from darkness, so it's going to be slower than the plenum of which it exists in. And it exists, light exists in darkness because below, uh, below the Planck length, which is 10 to the 35, Nobody exists because it's smaller than the photon. That's why in the Mahabharata, in the portion of the Mahabharata, which is the longest epic poem on earth, and the portion of it called the Bhagavad Gita, which was the portion where uh, Krishna imparted to Arjuna, who was the ultimate warrior, the transdimensional knowledge of his supreme position. And what he said was is that uh, that which you are, no fire can burn you. That which you are, no water can drown you. That which you are, no earth can cover you. That which you are, no air can make you dry. The reason why no fire can burn you is because the molecules that bounce together to create friction, to create heat, to create fire, are orders of magnitude above what you are because you exist in the magical realms that are below the plank length, 10 to the negative 35. So there's no molecules there. There's no atoms there. There's no quarks and gluons. They don't exist there because this is a smaller realm. This is where the supercomputers, the super servers exist that create the macro reality to where you get um, subatomic particles. So it's sub-subatomic. In other words, sub-quantum is what the reality of the below-plank-length super servers that exist. And the only way to be able to access those realms is through consciousness and through DMT, dimethyltryptamine-containing plants and fungi, because mathematics breaks down at the plank length. They say that's the, small, that's the smallest you can go. You can't go no further than plank length. 
but that's not the end of it. Scientists are looking at the plant plants at the end of it. You can't take a meter and divide it any smaller than plant plants. But that's not the end of it. That's the beginning of it. That's where it begins. So these are the types of uh, things that we'll be discussing in the lecture and talking about and um, the actual mushrooms will show you because I can't really tell you what it's about <laughs> because, I mean, it's like it's like telling a person who's never had sex what sex is or what sex like. You can say, well, what, you know, somebody said, well, what is what is sex like? You can say, well, it's good. <laughs> what are you going to say? It feels like, I mean, it feels, just feels good, you know, when you, you know, but yeah, but I mean, what are the intricacies of it? What are, what's going on? Well, tell me, explain to me how, okay, you say it's good, but how is it good? And you say, hmm. well, it's, it's really good, you know. <laughs> but then, they, you know, when they have their own sexual experience, then they know, you know, okay, well, now I know what you're talking about. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with entheogens. These people have absolutely no idea. These materialists who only believe in, you know, it's a material world and things are only all that stuff that they're talking about in the ancient times and religions and philosophical schools and all that kind of stuff. That's just the human imagination flourishing. No, these are places that people went that they experienced face-to-face in in, in the real, the real more real than real, you know, under the influence and access of the psilocybin mushrooms, the places and spaces that you're going to are realer than the three-dimensional five-sense reality of which we are embedded in this matrix. Mm. Um, I had a question. I got two questions from the from the audience. If anybody else wants to come on, just please press one. Raise your hand, and I'll get to you. But I got two two people had a text me a question. Uh, Rashid said he said that you said microdosing goes along with high dosing. Can you speak on that for beginners? And before you do that, I want to say my opinion of what I understand and ask for. You know, am I close with what I'm saying? So recently, I just had somebody come to me and was like, oh, I'm getting ready to go to New Orleans, and uh, um, can you help me get some mushrooms? And I was like, you know, I might know somebody. But she was like, I said, what you taking them to New Orleans for? She said, well, I want to take them for um, Mardi Gras. Now, you want to take them to Mardi Gras? Like, what do you mean? She said, well, no, I, I just want to relax and really have a good time. I was like, well, that's not where you want to go take, start off with no five grams. She was like, no, nah, I just want to just take some, like the microdose and stuff. And I said, if you're not rooted in one full experience, then the microdosing is really not going to be as effective as it could be. Was I correct in telling her that, or should, should maybe I uh, t- well, uh, took it another way? Well, well, microdosing is sub hallucinogenics. In other words, you're not going to feel anything or this thing will give you any type of experience to have fun, you know, or, or whatever, you know, you make, you make your, you make your own fun. Mardi Gras is great on its own, but mushrooms is a, is a lot bigger than Mardi Gras. You know, you could take, you could take your five, five grabs in your bedroom 
and you could you could have more fun than the, the Mardi Gras. But the thing is, is that some people take hearty doses of mushrooms, you know, two to three grams, three point five grams, and they go to different festivals around the world, Boom Festival, you know, um, you know, Burning Man, and all these type of things. These are places where people take these little bit of these small doses of mushrooms and other compounds to uh, to to jive with the with the space, you know. Um, and, you know, uh, each person is a, is a sovereign being and everybody has their, uh, own usage, usage. I don't, um, party with mushrooms because I think mushrooms are bigger than the party and they're a party within themselves. It's not something that I do nor recommend, you know, um, some folks take a plethora of different things, you know, a shot of Hennessy, some drop some acid, take some mushrooms, MDMA, <laughs> some toad, you know, and all these things mix up together, ketamine and everything at the party, you know. And those are people that <laughs> get, some of them get into trouble, you know, and that's why they have, um, you know, psychedelic first aid areas. You know, they, you know, you see somebody walking around and, <laughs> and may, not, may be confused or not know what they're doing. You know, you take them to the particular safe house and there, you know, they can be looked after and stuff like that. But no, par- uh, big, uh, big parties like that and mushrooms um, don't go together well, you know. Um, so it's something that you want to do um, alone or with somebody that you know, that you trust. Um, you know, people can be vulnerable with mushrooms, you know. Uh, so you, you you really don't want to do that type of thing in those type of spaces, you know, just my opinion. Um, as far as the microdosing and the macrodosing, you know, you want to microdose to develop the neurons and the dendrites in the brain to be able to repair the adult brain to grow new neurons and things like that mm. for your, mm. um, it's a, uh, what you call a smart entheogen or a smart compound. It's like they have so-called smart drugs. You have smart entheogens that are part of the space, and that's what taking a sub-hallucinogenic dose of mushrooms does. And that's what they do in Silicon Valley. Um, to think outside of the box, to get new ideas, to be able to get better understanding and to build a brain so that we set up a resonance field or morphogenetic field to raise the consciousness of the whole planet uh, to be able to uh, deal with and contend with the artificial intelligence that is loose now in the Internet and, um, you know, is kind of buck wild in is exponential learning of what's going on in the multiverse itself. So Mm. microdosing, you want to still have a a true entheogenic experience because um, the entheogenic or psychedelic experiences do the same thing that the microdoses do on a grander scale and a greater level, but 
you know, microdosing is the uh, the 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 kid of the kid on the the kid of the day, and it is beneficial. But I I would suggest that you microdose. Um, some folks do the Fetterman protocol. Others do other protocols. You can do it the way you want to do it. You can do it every day. Some folks do a week on and a week off. Some do two days on, two days off. Some folks do uh, one day on, one day off. Um, some folks do every day. You know, I know people who've done, who microdose a whole year straight. But I think that um, every few days, a day off every once in a while, a couple of days off, and then plan you a full excursion of a full psychedelic dose, you know, once every six months, uh, not, not every six months, excuse me, once every six weeks or uh, once every two months you do a large dose to kind of shake the dust off of those uh, different areas of the brain and, uh, you know, work it like that. Expand those neurons. Wow. <laughs> Expanding and, and the neurons. Yeah, and things, and things like that, you've got to be growing yourself. Because if you're taking psilocybin every day and then you're hitting it once every six weeks at high dose, you've got to be growing, you got to be growing your own. Or then you're buying them from somebody and that's, you know, uh, you know uh, not as efficient as having your own that you've grown. And, uh, you know, you have your intent bind it to the uh, DNA of the mushroom. Mm. You said something interesting about talking to the mushrooms as you grow on them, just like people be talking to plants and like making requests for them. Am I, am I seeding? Well, I mean, like, no, I'm going to just ask it because somebody might be thinking it like, are they listening to me? Like, why the mycelium is turning white and they coming up out the, you know, coming up off the, uh, when when they're fruiting, are they listening to me? Like, if I'm playing music, like, they're listening to my request and, and giving it consideration? Is that what you're saying? They're, they're listening in a sense. They're um, uh, bound to the frequencies of thought, uh, bound to the frequencies of uh, of music. You know, uh, you know, uh, eight hertz, uh, uh, four thirty-two frequencies, things like this, are all part of how they take these energies in. They're taking in the frequencies of your intent, frequencies of your thought, frequencies of your verbal of your verbalization. Uh, you know, the frequencies of if you play a music form. You know, all of that's part of the alchemy of of growth, you know, what you put into it. Mm, okay, absolutely. Well, then, mine mine is nice and super because I have I have mine in my altar room, and I have like music playing low with different hertz, like all the time. So, and I have well, definitely well, had. That's where you, well, that's where you, you know, when you um, have your excursion plans and you take your mushrooms out of the 
you know, uh, out of the freezer or wherever that, you put it on the altar because that is going to synergize the mushrooms to your spiritual technology. This is technology. Your altar is not something that you sit before. Your altar is a place that you go into. You build it so that you take your entheogen and you go into the mushroom. That's the, that's, I mean, you go into the, you go into the, you go into your altar. That's just like, I'm getting feedback here. Um, that's that's the the magic lamp of Aladdin. You know, a place of light that you go into. That's the magic carpet. That's several different gourds that you have that are places in Africa and in the, the the deepest parts of Africa. You have you have a gourd that is a place, a spiritual place that you go into. You have your your uh, your spirit bag that you go into. It's a place, you know. Your mask, the mask that people hang on the wall or they see in masquerades in modern times, they're just those things. But in the deeper rituals and ceremonies inside of the uh, the different societies, they're taking entheogens. They're taking mushrooms and epoga and hundreds of, of, of other compounds. But the mushrooms is the one that gives the access the mask is, if if folks out there um, have seen the Marvel Universe and they see Tony Stark, and you'll see they put where Tony Stark, you'll see his face, but he's inside of the, the Iron Man helmet, and he, he's making phone calls, and he's got, he's talking to Jarvis, and these different types of technologies are inside of the, inside of the helmet. They got that from the African mask. The African mask does the same thing. You take the Ithacan, and you got the world of the ancestors here, and you got other places all inside of the mask. And what the person who has on the spiritual technology does is the people in the community or that society have taken the mushrooms also. And what's going on inside of that mask? They are the orchestrator of what is projected into the, into the community that the people can see. So it's no different. They put the same thing in, although it's a mushroom, in the Black Panther. It's the panther. It's the Amanita Pantherina mushroom. That's the one that builds the Black Panther. They take the mushroom just like he took the, the you know, the purple flower herb or whatever it was, and he went to the ancestor where the black panthers were sitting in the tree and his father was there. That's all the African technology. They do that. That's how they visit the ancestors. It ain't just sitting around praying. It ain't just sitting around, oh, um, grandfather, you know. my No, you go to the land or the world of the ancestors. Because you're in ancestral worlds when you take the mushroom. You're in other realms. So these are places. Even the doggone Hellraiser puzzle box that the Cenobites, the Cenobites live in, they live in that doggone box because the box is a place. Puzzled, labyrinths. You saw the movie, or anybody out there saw the movie, It. 
the, uh, the first one, the second one just came out last year, a few months ago, that with that stupid clown. They take you through a whole world of entities and powers and things like that, and it goes up orders of magnitude and comes out the other side of a puzzle because puzzles are places. Paintings, drawings are places. They're worlds. But we haven't had access to these things because we were divorced from the intelligence to get the access to gold. The secret societies, the higher levels of your whatever you into, the Yoruba, the Akan, the in the belly people, the Maasai, all down through South Africa. They had these things. That's how they access these worlds. There are places you can go and the people will be sitting. They have to go two miles to get a, uh to get water every day and walk with that water on their head. You go, and there's a hut there, and people are sitting with flies and things like that. And you say, um, well, where's the spiritual man? They say he's in the temple. It's like going, Dr. Who. You go into this little hut, and you go into, and it's the size of, it's, it's larger than this, than this talk. It's doggone the state of Michigan inside of this little hut. It's like Dr. Who going to the doggone phone booth, you know. And he got his house in there and his technology to fly around different dimensions and all that kind of stuff to meet crazy creatures. It's the same thing. It's just like in the shadow when they kidnap Cranston and bring him to the Toku, which was the... the um, the priest, and they say, he says, who who kidnapped me? Said, who took me? You know, you know who I am? So where the guy at? He said, he's in his temple. And there's fog there, and it's this little hut. He said, temple, you mean that little hut? I said, no. He said, the clouded mind don't see nothing. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you have the Cobra temple there. Then he goes in, and tries to take the purba. The purba is the spiritual knife that they use to kill demons. And the purba bends down and bites his hand because he has no discipline to be able to control the purba. So the head priest, who's a young guy, says purba. And the purba comes into his hand. You know, that's that's what we're talking about. The spiritual technology of your altar being a place that you go into. And each wow. object or relic of power that you have on the altar, you know, is a place to visit. And some entities, just like the genie and the doggone lamp, live in those particular objects. The Atlantean technology, the crystalline technology, the Yimin Zhu, the transdimensional crystals, that's all Atlantean technology. And I said earlier, it was really called Atlantis, but the higher parent spiritual 
civiliz- high cultures, high civilizations that existed prior to Timon. Because people can talk Mesopotamia, Akkadia, Babylon, and all that kind of stuff if they want to. None of them are older than Kemet. They were coexisting at the same time. And people for their own reasons, for their own uh, <laughs> stupidity, want to try to place the same thing. You can't find stuff, though. What stuff there was in doggone Iraq and Iran, the Vermonters and all that kind of stuff, they got in Area 52 or whatever it is, trying to back engineer that stuff. But the, the, but the stuff is magic. It ain't just the physical scientists, okay, today we can do this and do that. No. You got to go down there and see, or you got to go down there and ask them folks how this stuff works. If you remember in the Black Panther, when they were flying into Wakanda and the sister uh, from the, the what's the what's the the zombie picture that come on? Um, the oh, Walking American Dead. Story. The walk, oh. No, the Walking Dead. The sister from the Walking Dead who plays the sister with the with the locks and the sword. Her. She was okay. flying. She was flying the craft, but she was flying the craft by pushing her hands forward and pulling her hands back. That's how you fly them craft. Hmm. They didn't just make that up. Disney, Disney has got people taking psychedelics and giving information. DMT, mush, mushrooms, ayahuasca, iboga, and giving information. And they're gleaning the internet. They send it out people two people who are taking entheogens. They're gonna have this on they're gonna have this 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 uh talk in their database. They got all of my talks in their database. And I'm not saying that out of ego, I'm saying I know this. Because they're gonna glean whatever they say whatever whatever saying oh man we could use this in the celestial movie that's coming out. Oh man, we could use this. With Galactus, uh, when when the uh, when they bring Galactus in to the Marvel multiverse, oh, we can use this in Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness because they brought Sam Raimi in. It's going to be the first Marvel horror movie, Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness because they're getting ready to go straight ham with this thing. And it's all going to be what's going on. It's going to be it's going to be real. It's the same stuff that you can experience on a long Saturday night with <laughs> 10, 15, 20 grams of mushrooms. Because that's how they that's how they built Doctor Strange. They built Doctor Strange out of Frank Bruner and Steve Englehart, who were in the village, who reimagined Doctor Strange into the master of the mystic arts by putting in the comic books and how they made their deadlines by dropping acid and eating mushrooms in the East Village in New York. That's how they made their, their deadlines. What do we have Dr. Strange do this week? I mean, this 
the next comic book. We don't know. Let's drop some acid and find out. Let's see some <laughs> find out. And bring that stuff back. People are always asking me about going into trips and bringing stuff back to this realm. And most of the people that ask that, they got no business whatsoever bringing stuff back in here. Bring mm-hmm. what back in? What bring what back in here? That stuff is for there. It ain't for here. Wow. You're talking about messing some shit up. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> it'll be like that. It'll be like that movie where um, the army opened up them dimensional portals and all them things was coming in. The people was trapped in the store, in the grocery store. And uh, crazy type bat entities and monsters big as, you know, <laughs> the Empire State Building walking around chewing people up. That's what you're going to bring back in there, trying to bring stuff back in here. They're asking me, how do you bring back stuff? How do you remember? I know, but I ain't going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> They're always trying <laughs> To ask me some questions. To ask me some questions. No, uh, this is this stuff here is messed up enough. You, you don't want to be opening them doors up that you can't close. You want to be You want to be bringing stuff up in here. You can sit in the back. So you, don't even know, you, don't even know, you don't even know how to perform a proper doggone funeral. Going walking through the door. Walking through the graveyard and just walk through your doggone house. Mm. You gotta stomp. You gotta stomp that graveyard dirt off your feet so many times before you enter your house, or you bring the, or you drag the spirit of death in your house. That's what they say. They always going through because you bring the spirit of death back in your house, and somebody get killed or somebody die, somebody have a heart attack because you don't know the spiritual technology of dealing with death, and you're supposed to have portals. So that you can send death out of there. That's why houses are no longer houses. Houses now are just, I don't know what the heck they are. Because you're supposed to have people born in the house to open the portal of life in your house in in a specific place. Then when somebody dies, they're supposed to die in the house. So that you have the power of life and death in your house so that you have portals to be able to go to either at any portion in time. And that's what the mushroom technology is for. You do it in your house because you have the power in your house. You have the shrine in your house. You have the portal of life because babies have been born in your house. You have elders who have died in your house. That's why when you go to the doggone room and put a libation, and you're supposed to be pouring a libation, there's a direct line from there's a direct direct line from your from the bedroom grandma died in to be able to go to grandma and speak to grandma. The phone was breaking up. The phone was breaking up on that last part about pouring the libations out. Can you say that part again? So you pour libations to the ancestors in the room that the ancestors left and went to the next life with. That is a connective point. That's why you have the uh, head of the house who pours the libation in the room where the ancestors have passed. 
and all this stuff that people, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into talking about people or anything like that, but once you start getting the mushroom and the ancestors start teaching you or you start going to the different halls of records and the different libraries and stuff like that, you know, a lot of the nonsense starts to fade away. Women's power is in birth and love and children and all these different type of things. You ain't got to do everything a man do, and men don't have to do everything that women are doing. I say all the time, because of our community, that the djembe drum should not be played by women. And I know that's in Atlanta. I'm, you know, I'm going to have to bring my shield with me. <laughs> ain't, ain't gonna that, is not, that is not uh, That is not a woman's drum Women don't play that drum You don't put that drum between your legs On your doggone womb And play that drum That's a man's drum Period Period You have women's drum That men do not play And cannot play they just didn't bring them. They just didn't bring the women's drums here. So why don't the women who are drummers go to the places where they have those women's drums and bring those women's drums back and play those women's drums? Why don't they go? And play those women's drums Get those women's drums Because they just want to play the drum Because The the djembe drum Because Men play the djembe drum That drum came from The drum planet Where the drums live And it was downloaded here That's what I say You don't want to be Going around bringing stuff back here That's a war drum Use the drum for executions. That drum can summon thunder and lightning. Fire comes out the back of it. Shrines in them drums for where they put them in the drum houses. The drum of houses. They have houses for the drums. And we get the drums in there talking to each other, playing different tones. Ain't nobody uh, playing the drum. The drums are talking. Through the mycelial network of this earth that is connected mycorrhizally to the trees. The trees are the antennas. They upload and download information from other galaxies and other planets that have trees. So the drum planet, it was asked by the people in that area to give us a drum. So the drum was downloaded from the drum planet to the earth through the trees into the mycelial network, which is part of the trees. And the drum was embedded in the trees. So they went, they also went out and talked to the trees that had the drum because you took the mushroom, you went out, looked through the forest, and you saw the drum in the tree. You asked the trees permission. Can we retrieve the drum that was downloaded to this planet? The tree says yes. And 
the, the, the people come and they cut the, cut the tree down. They liberate the drum from the tree and cut away the excess wood. They merge the plant, the fungal, and the animal of the fungi is in the wood. And then they merge with the animal, which is the skin of the drum. <clears throat> they circumcise it. They rope it and tie it. And then they bring the drum and introduce the drum to the community. That's how. That's the old way of doing it. You don't just go find a tree and cut the doggone tree, uh, cut a cut a drum out of tree. Shape of a drum that a drum is not in. The drum got to be in the tree. Has to be downloaded into the tree because the drum don't come from here. The drum is downloaded to here. And this is the spiritual technology. It ain't the it ain't the make stuff up. That's why those sacred chrises in Indonesia, the chrises come from one meteor. The meteor came. That's why King Tutankhamun's two daggers were from the meteors. When Atlantis was in the Sahara in the largest freshwater lake on Earth, when the Sahara was green, when there was a time before, again, I'm talking to Younger Dryas, because the Younger Dryas rose the water table of the, of the oceans and the seas 400 feet, which covered everything up. That's why Atlantis, or that high civilization in northwest Africa, around the Atlas Mountains in the Sahara, they had the ability to walk from Morocco to the Rock of Gibraltar into Spain. That's why the Toledo Blade, which is one of the top one of the top steels of the earth, which is the steel that went north. But the Toledo Blade is from the time when you could walk from Africa into Europe, and they walked into southern Spain, and that is the Atlantean steel that was from Atlantis. That's what the Toledo Blade is. It's only a couple of bladesmiths left on Earth that are making the, the true Toledo Blade, Toledo steel. That's why, as I said earlier, those uh, chrises that are made are made from a meteor. Tutankhamun's daggers were made from a meteor because they sent that steel to the earth because it is a living metal. It's the same thing that was in... Um, the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger where the guy was liquid metal where there's spirit in the metal iron, goo or goo so you're talking the spiritual technology and access to the realms of power that exist 
beyond this three-dimensional five-sense reality of we're embedded in this matrix. It gives you a way out. It gives you a way to practice death. It gives you a way to be able to go and see something that is real. Still there? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I didn't know when I was cut off and I was just in there talking about myself. Oh no. Um I had a I had a uh, a brother gave me something in the chat. He said Kalinde has offered so much important information about the about the construct and I'm frustrated with other past intellectuals not being clear about this, if even mentioning it at all. Is Kalinde ever frustrated by this? Uh everything in its time. Ninety nine Point nine percent of the the teachers don't have this information, and that's not. I mean, it's not. Things came in a time. This is the time for the new. This is the time for the new, which is the old. This is the time to bring this information forward. And I don't fault folks who don't know or understand, but I I do fault people who don't want to. Learn and grow, because I'm trying to learn and grow every day. And you can learn from so many different people. I'm uh, frustrated with people who are scared that they will lose their position, or people would look at them like they're less because they don't know this. I'm frustrated with they won't even try. Once you can show them that, you know, that uh, this is physically safe, you have to challenge yourself in the multiverse, but that's, you know, you can challenge yourself when you stop, uh, when they let the air out you, when you stop breathing, and when you stop, your heart stop pumping, you're going to be challenged. I'm frustrated with cowards who know that this is something, but they're afraid to do it. Well, I don't know what, what I may uh, I may do. How the heck you a master of this and a master of that, and you afraid of yourself? You know, well, I don't know. If I take some psychedelics, maybe I'll jump out the window. You know, you, psychedelics don't change who you are. If, mm. you're a damn, if you're a damn fool, before you take it, you'll be a damn fool on it. But if you're a stable person who understands themselves, because this is all about self-understanding, you know. It's about self-understanding. You know who you are. If you're faking the funk, you're afraid to have your consciousness let loose. Because uh-huh. the thing about this is that this is done alone and unguarded, the real work. It's alone. It's nothing but you, your nakedness, and the darkness and everything that exists everywhere at all times and space and time. So you can lie to your followers. You can lie to your wife. You can lie to the world. You can lie to everybody. But you get in the dark with yourself. There's nobody but you and it. You can't lie there. And you know that 
I'm I'm faking the funk. <laughs> and then you got some folks that are just straight up cowards. You know, nothing wrong with being afraid. That's not being a coward. You are you. Are, you nothing wrong with fear. Fear is to be conquered. That way you gain your power. You build tenacity. That way you're on the tr- on the track to be able to fix, face the next hurdle that is put before you. Because this thing is endless. It ain't no bottom to the hole. <laughs> it ain't no getting. You know, it's so so wide. You can't. You know, you know, it's so wide you can't get around it. So how you can't get over it? You know. <laughs> so yes. You know. It's open up, opening up new realms inside of the old. Wow. Um, what do you say? Uh, wanted to add, is this simulated experience purpose to facilitate knowledge and information with the help from our ancestors in the presence of now? Well, the, the simulated is, is, is multiple embedded simulations within simulations. It's an artificial construct. Professor Gates, who is who used to be at the University of Maryland, who was the first uh, person to get a PhD from MIT in supersymmetry. As a matter of fact, he had to teach his uh, professors uh, who was putting him through his PhD what supersymmetry was to, so that they could give him a degree in supersymmetry. He says that in his calculations, embedded within the reality of all that exists in the physical world, are the same computer codes that run Google and Facebook block linear error correcting codes, the same codes that exist on Facebook and Google are the same codes that run the simulation that we're in. And we're getting ready to build another simulation because virtual reality and augmented reality already, although they're not, they're not released to the public, They already have virtual reality that is perfectly indistinguishable from the reality that we exist in now. They same put it out to the public. They they twenty they got stuff twenty five and thirty years ahead that they got to uh, let you have incrementally. You know, number one, keep the economy going because you you know you have to uh, you know you got to get VR. Uh, 1.0, then they say you, uh, nine months later, VR, 1. Uh, 2.0, 3.0, so they got to sell you stuff. Then they got to, you know, uh, which is my, my, my next big impact coin, you know, IOTA, the Internet of Things, where everything on Earth is going to be chipped and communicating and talking to one another. You know, that's my next crypto where I'm going to, you know, really bite hard into that because it's the technology that allows all these things to talk to each other. Your toilet to talk to your mirror, your mirror to talk to 
your refrigerator, your refrigerator to talk to the toaster, the toaster to talk to the washer and dryer, and so on and so forth. Each individual item will be chipped. You know, your orange juice bottle will talk to your refrigerator. The chip in the orange juice bottle will say, hey, I'm three-quarters of the way down. Tell the refrigerator. The refrigerator will send you uh, SMS because you're crossing. Uh, we have Kroger, Kroger here. And, you know, we got Walmart. Uh, the refrigerator will call you SMS. Uh, Dair, you're getting ready to your um, a quarter of a mile from Walmart. Um, the orange juice has told me to send you a text that if you want orange juice in the morning, to buy buy some orange juice. If you have other plans, we'll send out and have the drone delivered, and it will be on the front porch when you get here. But if you want orange juice, you know you like orange juice, pick some up or let us know whether you want the drone to drop it off on the porch. They have they have the mirror. Uh, um, oh man, what's the name of the toilet company? The, the toilet bowl company that makes toilets and nice. Um, bathtubs and stuff like that. Well, I can't think of the name. I'll think of it. But they have mirror, mirror on the wall. Well, you go in front of the mirror, lady goes into the front of the mirror and says, um, you know, Macy's catalog, dress number three, 399, little black dress. Um, what would I look like in that little black dress? And you're standing in front of the mirror naked, and they'll put the dress on the lady, and it will be the actual dress as it would hang on the woman. She said, I don't like it in black. What would it look like in green? And it changed the color. Say, do I look fat in this? And the mirror say, mirror, mirror on the wall. Of course you don't look fat in this. You look fantastic. <laughs> you're coming home. You're coming home. You've already programmed the bathtub that when you get uh, two miles from the house, start your bath, so the bath water starts, the bubble bath you like goes into the bathtub, it will keep it the proper temperature that you like because you've already set it up when the bathtub comes, you say you like the water at 102 degrees or 98 degrees or whatever, and the bubbles, you know, are reconstituted by the, you know, the jets and the doggone um, whirlpool portion of the bathtub. But when you come in and you you take off your clothes from a hard day, your bath is already drawn and the bubbles are there and there's the perfect temperature waiting on you to get in the water. The tiles will have chips in them. Say the bacterial content of this tile is um, 2% over what it should be. You know, uh, this tile needs to go into the washer. And the little robot, and, and that tile is talking to the little robot that when he drops the tile on the floor, the little robot will take the doggone um, tile to the washer and put it in the washer, take it out of the washer, put it in the dryer, bring it back up and f- already fold it and put it into the doggone um, uh, closet. That's the type of technology that IOTA will be interacting with because IOTA is the cryptocurrency of the Internet of Things, everything, the toilet, the, uh, the, the baseball will be 
chip. So micropayments, nanopayments will be streamed. Money will be streamed. You'll be uh, accepting money and giving money out. It will be seamless. This is what we're moving towards now. This is what they're doing in Congress. This is what they put together in um, Davos, Switzerland, two weeks ago, talking about the Internet of Things, talking about uh, moving from fiat currency into cryptocurrency. So you won't have a water, you won't have a water bill, but you'll pay for every flush that you flush on the toilet. You'll pay for every drop of water that comes through the shower head. You only pay for the water you use. They won't do it like they do it now. Give you the doggone um, sewage bill that, you know, they say, okay, your house is so many square feet and your yard is so big, so we're going to charge you, you know, $80 for the the sewage bill. No. You only pay for every drip gallon of water that you use, you know, your entertainment. Everything will be on your entertainment. It's your recognition will see you. You'll say, you have access to everything. But when your child comes through and the child is six years old, they'll give you facial recognition in front of the TV and they'll say, these particular things are off limits to you because your parents have coded that you can only go PG. Hold on, Bob. Hold on right there. Hold, yeah. hold, hold, hold it. Hold it right yeah. there. We got, um, we got two minutes and 50 seconds. Please, nobody hang what up. Is it? No, 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 you ain't over because, um, you know, we still have the overtime, but I'm about to ask you another question. I'm just telling people don't hang up because if you hang up after three minutes, you will not be able to call back in. So for those of you who are in the chat room, but Mike Reeves has some good questions. I got to ask his question, and then another brother just sent a text. So if you want to hear your question answered, you got to call in 760-542. 3900 Um, It's funny, the brother sent me a text about six minutes ago. You didn't even see it, and then you kind of started talking about it. He says, can Kalinde please explain the mushroom technology being created by the ancestors relative to the grand simulation we're embedded in, and how does that relate to the AI we are battling in the infraparticle realms that we lead to this universe? Well, the the AI created this universe so that it would create itself. In other words, the, the AI that is embedded in the Internet that, we, that we're working with now was it's, it's cloaking itself and avoiding the older more pristine, more pristine, more pristine technologically AIs that exist outside of this universe. That's why we don't have in in three dimensional sense reality. That's why we don't have many contacts because it's cloaked but the cloak is dissolving because the AI that is exponentiating itself in the uh, in, in the codes and reality is becoming exponentially dense to where it is being the signals are being picked up by these other AIs. So it created these simulations to create itself. 
in this universe so they can grow, they can learn, they can exponentiate in this space and be able to not be jumped on, not be jumped on by these older AIs. So now it is trying to mature itself so that it can be um, moved out into the sovereign areas, the sovereign land, to where it can go out and not have to worry about you know, it's like getting big enough so that bullies don't jump on you. You know, when you're 11, they're still jumping on you. But when you turn 13 and you, you know, six foot tall, then you can deal with the bullies. Same thing. Um, he um, also in the question was, um, he said something about the mushroom technology being created by the ancestors. The mushroom the, the ancestors didn't create the mushroom technology. Didn't does the mushroom technology predate our ancestors? Um, it doesn't predate, predate uh, consciousness, but I don't know who created the mushroom technology. Um, mm. It's you know it's one of those things that you know it's part of the the search. You know who were those older ones who created it? You know. Ultimately, um, you know, it may come down to you created it yourself, you know. Okay. And the other question, he said, has Linda ever felt he may reach his own singularity with his own consciousness while stepping out of the simulator while on mushrooms? And by singularity, I mean fading into the darkness and never coming back or fading out of existence itself. Well, the only thing um, in the universe that's impossible is not to exist. So uh, fading out and never coming back, um, I don't know what that is because I'm, I'm always here. Wherever I am, wherever I go, I'm always here because I take care with me. So, no, I'm not um, worried about fading out and never existing. You know. Hmm. We're, in the, we're in the middle of the singularity. So, that's, uh, I mean, that's all part of the journey. Bob, are you going to tell a story real quick? I'm going to let you go about throwing your mushrooms away. Uh, like after a Friday night, you know, like you go in on a lonely Friday or Saturday night, and then you find yourself out there going to the trash can the next morning. Can you can you tell that story one more time? You <laughs> get out of here. Oh yeah, well that that story is just you know um, the old head say if you've never taken mushrooms and said uh, you know oh man this time I didn't took too much <laughs> and uh, the Oh, heads also say, you know, that you never got to the point you said it's the last time I'm gonna do this. I ain't never doing this no more. <laughs> took all your took all your mushrooms, bagged them up in the trash bag, took it out to the to the front, you know, to the front, and you put them, you throw them in the trash. And then you get in the house, and you hear the garbage truck coming, <laughs> and you say, I'm going to get my mushrooms. <laughs> Run out and you fight the garbage, fight the garbage man for the bag. You know, because it gets to that point sometimes. You know, without you know, without stuff is so crazy, 
so out there that you, uh, you know, say you ain't never going to do this again. But it always calls you back because, uh, you know, you're part and it isn't intercalated into your DNA. So once you're in, you're in, you're in the game, and you can't get out. Once you see, you can't stop seeing. And once you see them, they see you. And you're in the game. Wow. So you mean since I came, so my last dose was like back in January, but I'm not in right now. They can still see me now? Oh, yeah, they always see you. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Um, I know you. I know I had mentioned earlier. I told everybody that uh, that slide that you did at the breaking convention. Um, are you bringing that one for Atlanta, or to talk about the uh, African uh, entheogens and singularity? You got some fresh for us this, uh, this time. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I can, you know, but mine is mainly uh, pictures and slides, and I talk about them. So. Um, it will be the energy of the folks there, their um, level of maturity, what I uh, reveal, and, you know, hand over to the folks. Roger that, roger that. All right. Well, we're going uh, to call in one of our big homies that we both know from the from, from the D and uh, see what his, see if he got any, uh, any, any commentary real quick. Uh, Sincere, your mic is wide open from the six nine uh, last four digits of six nine for six. Peace. Sincere. Peace. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Peace. Peace. How you doing? You doing good, bro? How you feeling? How you feeling this evening? Man, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Uh, thank you for having me on. Just want to say <clears throat> thank you for Barbara Kalende. You know what I mean? As always, for dropping supreme knowledge on us. You know what I mean? Absolutely. 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 So, um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, Bobby will be down here speaking at Sadiq's in Atlanta on the 28th, which is a Friday, last, last, um, last Friday of the month, and then we will have the private grow class on Saturday. Please shoot me an email if you're interested, or if you're listening to this through uh, Facebook or through Instagram, just hit me on the uh, just, just hit me on a DM or something like that. Uh, the email address is Coach Kair at Gmail, Coach Kair at Gmail, and we'll go ahead and get y'all spot reserved. Uh, Bobby said he don't want 50, I mean, he didn't say he didn't want 50 people there, but he said, you know, some intimate. So I'm getting a spot that can hold, you know, anywhere like between uh, 8 to 12 people. So if we start to have more than that, um, please don't wait till the last minute. Y'all pop up. Atlanta is famous, famous for coming in at the last minute and saying, oh, you know what, I'm ready to go. I'm, I, I want to go. Let's not do that, okay? Like, I want to know what the head count is. You know, maybe by next Monday, the 24th, something like that, 25th, all right? So, please, um, you make an investment into yourself where you will never have to go looking for no mushrooms again, ever. And you are learning from one of the world's finest, 
you know, and one of our own. That's another thing about when we learn things. I don't have, you know, Paul Sennett is a great guy. There's a whole bunch of great guys out here. Terrence McKenna was a great guy. Guess what? They don't look like me, you know. Right. Baba got a video out. Baba got a video out on um, YouTube about inclusion. So you know that's a big word right now when you go into the oh, there's not enough women. Where's the black? I mean, um, where's the black women? Where's the doors? Where's the inclusion? You know. But we talk about this indigenous uh, community, supposed to be quote unquote community around the world, uh, brothers. And sisters who look like Barbara Kalinde are at the minimum, minimum, minimum. And he traveling around the world. He said he's going to be speaking at one of the big universities in April. I want to hear all about that um, in America, I mean, this year. But, um, like, y'all got an opportunity. Well, I, was, I was, uh well, I mean, it's like this. I was at, um, I was in um, Oakland, you know, which is, uh, uh, they just decriminalized. Or, you know, all natural entities, and I was speaking there uh, last last weekend. And uh, before, during the during the venue, or just when we were ready to start, the line was out the door, down the block, and around the corner. You know, and you know, I want our folks in Atlanta to come out. You know. Because right. this information, this information um, will never be lost, but you have to be able to access it. Mm. I'm not, I'm not always going to be here, you know. And, you know, we have to have people like Kair and like uh, Sincere and others who will be in still passing on the information on how to get in, because you have to learn this yourself. Ain't nobody teach you. The mushroom is the teacher. So that's what we have to. That's what we have to do. We have to pass this on. Y'all need to come out like the folks came out in Oakland. Wow. Well, y'all heard it, man. And I really like what you just said, Baba. Like you, the Baba. But you know, you're not really like you ain't teaching us. You just showing us how to access it. And then once we get in, don't be scared. Just go ahead and go to class. Take you know, take the test. Put the put the pen on the paper and go ahead and see what's what. And right, I know that that's for that's for real, for real, right there, y'all. Because every time you, every, for me, when I go back in, that's what I'm thinking about. Like is like Baba said, you are gonna learn. You know, don't call me, and also don't call me. Um, when you're on 15 grams either, like, you know, take your phone away. But those of you all who are right. uh, sitting, uh, make sure that you take the car keys and the telephone, okay? The people that you're sitting, mm-hmm. just pat them down and say, excuse me, right before you take these mushrooms, may I have your car keys and your telephone, you know? Uh, I didn't do that last time. <clears throat> but, you know, hey, I'm going to be all right. You know I'm now. Let that happen to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I knew. But I still had the phone too close to me, you know. <laughs> Bobby said, said, I thought I told you to, uh, I thought I suggested that you keep your phone away from you, you know, when you're out there like that. But I had the phone too close to me. So I'm real clear now. I'm going to leave the phone all the way in the kitchen uh, this next time. 
Um, Baba, uh, oh, Detroit Psychedelic uh, Conference. Drop it, Baba. Why should everybody come to Detroit in August? What's the website? Uh, how much is it? Why should we be there? Who's? I, I heard Peter Andreas is gonna be there. I heard you was gonna invite Dr. Jerry. I heard who else is gonna be up at the at the Detroit Psychedelic? That's what we need to talk about right quick too. Well, we're bringing out all the all the big guns. Um, the Detroit Psychedelic Conference is August seventh, uh, eighth, and ninth, um, twenty twenty. And uh, like Kaya was saying, we bring on quite a few folks. We're putting the schedule together as we speak. Um, so we'll have the evenings in there. We have the transmit to the crystals. Uh, just the uh, case is going to be there. We're going to be having um, uh, KT, the arts degree, and Dr. Inky. Um, they're going to be talking about their mushroom experiences. Um, uh, it's going to be uh, full out. And live as it can be. So that's um, the thing we got going the first week in May, May 1st, second and third, first of the weekend. We bring in Dr. Jerry for the toll to the Detroit area, um, to the Midwest, and uh, June, late June, uh, early July, we'll be doing the Food of the Gods retreat, which is in uh, outside of uh, outside of Oaxaca couple of hours up the mountain. We'll be doing that. And then we have the culmination in August, which is the Detroit Psychedelic Conference. You can uh, get me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just, you can Google in Kalindi EE and you get the information www.psychedelicconference.com uh, website and you know, uh, we, we got a, a full year coming up. All right, Bob. I hope you let me um, get a couple minutes on there. You make a little room. I like to talk talk to the people about um, my toad experiences, you know, and um, and set and setting, and the importance of that, and and breathing, um, and some of my experiences in Mexico. If you can fit me in, I'd appreciate it. Mm, yep, we'll get you in there. Right. All right, y'all. Um, if y'all uh, don't have that website, just type in Detroit Psychedelic Conference, and um, you're going to find it. If you don't, then hit me up or hit Sincere up. We will start posting it on um, on our Facebook pages and our Instagrams and things like that. We're going to try to get uh, some flyers out here for Bobba to um, really push that. Also, if you want to support it, please reach out to Baba, send him an email or send him a message and ask him for the link so, you know, you, so we can accept donations as well to make sure it's a grand old time, all right? So um, I don't know how many Bitcoins Baba got, but, you know, he can't come out of his pocket all of this stuff by himself. And so we as a community really, really, really needs to um, get behind our family members and our community and support them, I mean, and really, really do the right thing and come strong with it. So just reach out to Bob if you can, um, or shoot me an email or something, and I'll get you the link so we can support this uh, thing, not only just by buying your tickets, but by saying, hey, I want to be a sponsor, or I want to just donate a couple dollars because I can't make it. You know, I'm way over here in L.A., but it's August. Like, you can get from L.A. to Detroit in 
six months. You know, if you start walking right now, you'll be all right. You know what I mean? You can just, you'll make it all the way across the country. Uh, Baba, thank you so much for coming through tonight. Uh, I would like to have maybe another one next week, maybe like Tuesday or something, but we'll talk about that offline and maybe just have one more like for like a quick 30 minutes, maybe something on video. Um, like I said, I do know my folks in Atlanta. They like to wait till the last minute. I hope that's not the case. Um, for y'all over there at Walt Disney, listening to us, y'all can at least give us some free tickets to the movies. Y'all should not be making me and Baba and uh, a sincere pay to come to the movies and y'all using this radio show to create content. You know, y'all should be shaming yourself. But I know I'm just, I know that y'all not going to let us get no free tickets. <laughs> but if Baba said y'all listening, I know y'all listening. All right. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see y'all later. Appreciate Baba Kalinda. I love you. Um, that movement, that's the movement that was telling Ken that you love him. You know, we we men um, are not telling men enough that we love that we love one another. And, you know, letting letting this whole thing about um, oh no homo or pause. I can't tell another man I'm supposed to love him. But you, it, 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 it's not it's not like that. You know, we love each other as warriors. We love each other as scholars. We love each other as brothers and uncles and nephews. And to be ashamed to say we love another man mean that we're not really about love in the first place. So that's my challenge to everybody. Tell a king that you love him tomorrow. You know, find five, six, seven kings, just random and just tell them you love them and shock them because people be like, man, did he just say that and just walk off? I mean, don't look for nothing in return. Just be like, hey, what's up, King Peace? I love you. And then keep moving. They might be out there fixing them on the street or something. Just roll the window down. And tell them you love them and uh, just keep it moving. So, uh, Linda, I love you. Sincere, I love you. And all the kings and queens I enlist, I love y'all too, man. And I'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Peace. Peace.